Happy New Year again, Smarties. Before we dig into today's episode, we wanted to remind you that Learn Smarter Pro is coming back. Learn Smarter Pro is our eight-week group coaching program that's perfect for educational therapists and learning specialists looking to grow their own private practices, become more efficient, and increase their profits. Applications are due by January 26th, and the program starts on February 2nd. If you are interested in joining, we'll make sure that the application link is in the show notes for today's episode, or you can email us at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com to have us send you the application. Go ahead and listen to this testimonial from one of our posters from our summer group in 2020. There's other people that teach business courses, but yours was in particular with educational therapists. So I thought it was the perfect alignment for me. We deal with a lot of kids who need executive function skills. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that we as adults, we also need that. It's like I consider Learn Smarter Pro learning the executive function skills as a business Mm -hmm. owner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think a lot of the hacks that you guys taught us, super helpful because we have to learn our own system as well, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes the system we're using is not efficient and our biggest personal commodity is time. Right. And so if we can make everything in our lives to save us time, but still be effective and efficient, it's huge. Because we didn't learn this stuff in school, how to run a business or how to operate a business. Yeah. Or how to make a business happen. Yeah. Yeah. How to get business, all of that stuff. How did it bring momentum to you? It definitely changed my mindset. Like I said, with the way I organize, even just how you approach a new client, you know, and Mm -hmm. all the things that you have to kind of automate it's not just for people in our field, mm. but anyone that wants to start a business or is running a business, right? Especially for those who have to wear all different hats and how to manage the operating procedures for your business, because that takes up so much of your time that you don't want to spend, especially if your craft or your skill is in a different area. For mm-hmm. instance, you know, mine isn't education. And so I can get that down, but the business part of it will take up too much time and get in the way of things progressing. Today, we talk about self-advocacy and savvy studenting. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 138 of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. Happy New Year, Steph. Happy New Year. Yay. You guys, we are recording this a few days before you're actually hearing it, <laughs> which we don't often do. Happen that way because of the holidays. And every time we planned to record, one of us was like, eh. <laughs> there's a lot going on. Let's just push it back. So here we are a couple days before the episode actually airs. So we hope you all had a wonderful, safe holiday and New Year's. And we are looking forward to what 2021 brings. 
yeah, hopefully it's a good year for everybody. Hopefully it's a healthy year for everybody. Hopefully it's a year where we can return to, I don't think it's ever going to be normal again, but to some semblance of togetherness, not just on Zoomness. So we wish that for everybody. Steph, how was your break? You know, I was just thinking, when was the last time I actually saw you in person? I I think it was my birthday. Know. Yes, because I came over to your house that day. We broke quarantine. Yeah, so that was over six months ago. Yep. That's crazy, you guys. I hope everybody got some time to just chill and be with your immediate family and enjoy. I definitely enjoyed having some time off. Yeah. What about you? I took a week off around Thanksgiving. And shall we say it was not good for me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was too bored. There's only so many seasons of Top Chef that I can watch over and over and over again, which update was all of them (laughs) and finish that over break. It's to the point of me rewatching Top Chef that Adam can walk in and he knows who won that particular season based off who the chefs are. He's like, oh, that person won, right? Oh, that's funny. And that's a lot of seasons for him to know sort of informally. So I opted to work a little bit sort of every day, which was perfectly fine. Gave my days a little bit structure. And then I had time to top chef and nap and just sort of hang out around the house. I also, over the weekend, binged Bridgerton on Netflix, Uh, which I'm anxious for you to start, Steph. I will. I will. I will start it. Yes. Yeah. And then I was talking to my mom last night and I was like, oh, mom, you got to watch Bridgerton. And she goes, I'm on episode seven and I'm making daddy watch. Oh, that's so funny. Which made me laugh because my dad always says shows that are like chick flick shows. Mm -hmm. He always says it's like needles in the eye, but he likes it. Yeah, of course. Like that's the thing is like he sat and watched it with her. So of course she told me that they finished. Wow. And then of course we watch a lot of impractical jokers Mm. over here at night. So for those who aren't familiar, Impractical Jokers is like an improv game show, basically, with four best friends from New York that they have to go and talk to strangers and do challenges. And whoever doesn't do or say what they're told will lose. And then whoever loses the most in the episode gets punished. And the punishments are always amazing and very specific to each individual person. It's a weird show to feel like you have to watch it in order, but jokes build over time. Yeah. And you get to really know the four guys. Yeah. We've already watched all of them. And then we decided over break, we were going to start over again. Oh, nice. Because it genuinely makes us laugh out loud before we go to bed. So yeah, that's always happy. Yeah. So over the break, I made a mansion gingerbread house, you guys. Which I was very excited to get progress pictures because I've never made a gingerbread house or mansion. Yeah, it was a mansion. Or apartment. It said mansion on the box, guys. It literally said mansion. I know it did. And it was from Costco. I was like, Steph, what do you do with it once it's made? (laughs) And she's like, she's like, you look at it for a couple days and then you throw it out. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) She goes, it's the process, not the product, Rachel. Process, not product. You guys, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It seems like you were... I didn't remember. I haven't done it in years. It took a long time and there's a gingerbread house challenge on Food Network and I watched that. I was going to say Food Network. Yeah. After I did it, I was like, this is hard. 
because all the things slip off, like the icing. It's just <laughs> very difficult to work with. It's not my jam. I'm not very good at it, but yeah. it's okay. It's okay. I'm working on it. You'll work on it once a year. Yeah, exactly. I watched everybody do it on the gingerbread house challenge or whatever. And those people are really talented, super impressive. So that was my big accomplishment. That was your big break project. I have to take down the Christmas lights. That's funny because we have a holiday sign up mm-hmm. and my mom was like, you know, that's past, right? I'm like, it'll be up till Valentine's Day. Yeah. Everyone in my neighborhood still has Christmas lights up. Yeah. Because people just want special right mm-hmm. now. I really like them too. So I'm going to be sad when they're gone, but. I know. I didn't tell you this. We went to Candy Cane Lane. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, fun. And I was like scared to go because I hate being stuck in it. Oh. Uh, like to me, there's nothing worse than the traffic jam at Candy Cane Lane. You're like, okay, I've seen it. I want to go through or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's been more than one year that we've gone to the outside edge of it. And we're like, we're just keeping on driving. Yeah. And so we ended up going on the day after Christmas and we went at like 930 at night. Mm-hmm. Steph, we blew through. Oh, that's fun. We were in and out. We saw every street in 15 minutes. We were Oh, done. great. This was the best thing we've ever done. We will always come this late. <laughs> and there were a bunch of people. And I had looked it up and they had said like it ends on Christmas Day. Like that's the last day. No. Everybody still had their lights up and people were still. It was great. Oh, good. Did you go down by you? No, did not. No. But next year. There's always next year. All right. Let's dig in. So today we wanted to talk about some savvy studenting and self-advocacy because especially during COVID times. I mean, this is always important, but I think right now it's at a different level. Agreed. Because there's so much to keep track of in a different form. And as a student, knowing and understanding what your teacher wants and what you need to be doing is very confusing for my clients. Very. And I don't blame them. Yeah. It's confusing for me trying to keep track. Yeah. Well, it's super confusing for us because... Each client has their six, seven, eight teachers that they need to keep track of, but we have many clients. So that's just exponential for us to try to remember each kind of nuance for each teacher. But I had a victory with a client who I'm going to want her to come on the podcast at some point because she's very attuned to herself and Mm -hmm. has really learned to understand herself through the process of ed therapy. And over the break, there were a couple unresolved things that we kept on her to-do list. So if you haven't listened to our previous calendar episodes, I know I shared in one of them that we really use the reminders as a way of marking down things that are unresolved or things that are late. And that's our mechanism. So a reminder on a Google calendar shows up every day until you literally check it off. And so it's a way of us sort of keeping track of things that maybe we've emailed the teacher about and that need to get resolved or whatever sort of an ongoing thing that we need to be reminded about if we've started the process of fixing something. So there were like four or five assignments that teachers had all said that they were going to resolve it. But when we logged in and we looked, it hadn't been dealt with. And she goes, Rachel, I'm just going to go ahead and email them now and get it over with. Mm. And I was like, when? I was like, yes, I totally agree that that's what you should do right now. And so she's really sort of embraced communicating and understanding that when you are talking to a teacher or following up about something, uh, if you do it in the right way, it's actually helpful to the teacher 
Because how many times do we say something in conversation and move on to the next thing we've totally forgotten? And Mm -hmm. getting our students to understand that they are one of a hundred and their teacher telling them, I will handle it, oftentimes isn't enough. Yeah. Send them a quick email to say, hey, I just wanted to follow up on our conversation. This is what I understood was going to happen. Thank you so much. Right. Then it's in their email, becomes an actionable item, and you casually remind them respectfully. Of course. And so let's just start with what is self-advocacy? Sure. For those of you who don't know, this is one of those things where knowing and understanding what you need as a student, Mm -hmm. how to be a good student, what you need in order to be a good student. And because no two brains are like, nothing is the same at any age, those of you that have twins know Mm -hmm. exactly what we're talking about because it's not the same for each child. So self-advocacy is really asking and getting what you need. And when Rachel's sitting here talking about emailing the teacher and following up on something, we always assume best intentions. Of course, that teacher meant what they said. Mm -hmm. But as adults with a lot of things going on, it's hard to always remember. I have some kids that say, well, my teacher said, so I'm not going to bother my teacher anymore. Yeah. And sometimes giving them real life examples of why you should do certain things and how you can advocate Mm -hmm. for yourself and what you need and what you want is really an important life skill. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of kids in my practice, or at least my clients, that don't want to bother their teachers anymore. Yes. The teachers are always so responsive in saying, thank you so much for reminding me. I really appreciate it. And getting the kids to really understand that this is a part of the process for any sort of check-in and communication with anybody in their life, relationships, bosses, anything like that, it's important. The one story, because I give them like real life examples of like how you have to sort of secure your own self and get what you want and need is I used to have a boss who would give raises and end of year meetings and then she wouldn't write it down. (laughs) And then she would deny what had been said and she had a different recollection And I had someone very early on in the process of my tenure at this particular job say to me, hey, when you walk out of that meeting, send her an email affirming what was discussed. Mm -hmm. It was really somebody who was looking out for me because I was too new and too green to know that can happen. And every year I would leave the meeting and said, okay, I'm going to send you an email with what we talked about today. And she goes, okay, great. Mm -hmm. And I would document it and there was never a problem. That matters. The raise matters. It does matter. There's a couple of things going on with self-advocacy. The first thing, why ed therapy is so important, is helping our clients know what they need because a lot of kids don't. So that's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing is learning how to ask for it. Yes. And there's a lot of kids that know how to do one or the other, but getting both it's a process, right? It takes a long time for most kids. There's some kids that are just naturally good at it. Yeah. But we're not talking about that small part of the population. I was naturally good at this. Yes. And as you know, I am not. Right. You're the exception. I totally agree. So I think this is part of the whole metacognition piece, but having a conversation about what it is and what you need. And sometimes kids don't even realize they can ask for things that really aren't that big of a deal oh, I didn't know I could have that. Right. You know, a lot of my students, I have a lot of public school students, so they have 504s or IEPs, you know, even if they don't. Sometimes the teachers 
are more than willing to make some accommodations. So Mm -hmm. having the conversation about what would it look like if you had this, would that help you? And some kids, you see their faces light up like they just saw like a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Mm -hmm. And you can very easily find some accommodations that are not that big of a deal. So you don't necessarily have to have a 504 in place. Like I've had kids who didn't understand an assignment and we've talked about how to ask. Clarifying questions. Yeah, what those questions are, not just I don't understand. Right. So all of those skills, which are a lot of people skills, by the way, are really, really important. So when your student understands what self-advocacy is and how they can do it for themselves, you're really preparing them to be a savvy student and savvy adult, which is the goal, right? It's important to note that I just said that I was good at this. I believe the reason I was good at this was because I had a parent who was good at this. Mm -hmm. I'll also add like my mother's a teacher. Not only was she a teacher, but she always took the teacher's side Uh too. My brother and I were talking about that recently. He was like, it was always our fault, whatever was going on. And I was like, yeah, it's true. It was never the teacher's fault. And so this is particularly a gift that educational therapy can offer when and if a parent is uncomfortable in that role and having those conversations because it can feel confrontational, Mm -hmm. but it's actually not confrontational. It's not a conflict. And actually, when parents approach self-advocacy or advocating for their child... Yeah, in a collaborative way. It's so much more productive than when it's combative. And so teaching our students and really our parents how to word things, it can really make a tremendous, tremendous difference. I have a client and we've been working on self-advocacy for sure. And sometimes just emailing, Mm -hmm. this client doesn't know what to even title the email. Yes. And that is a stopgap. Yes. And that prevents them from emailing the teacher because they don't know what to say. Totally. And like this client is not alone. This happens all the time. This is the same kid when you ask them a question about what they like or when you ask them to do a journal on something that's personal to them. Mm -hmm. They don't know how they feel about it and they don't know what they think about it. And that's why we don't necessarily like prompts that are so personal. Right. Because that kid just doesn't know where they stand on things. And so things like this, you and I know it doesn't matter what the subject of the email is. 100% it doesn't matter what the subject is. Especially because I work with a lot of middle school and high school kids and I can use like sort of dating Mm -hmm. analogies or whatever. Mm -hmm. I say what I told my cousin when he was starting to date. And he's very analytical. And I said, listen, the truth of the matter is when it's the right person, there's almost nothing you can say that the other person is not going to take in the spirit in which you offered it. Yeah. Like there's really just not a lot that you can do besides being maybe overtly racist or homophobic or something like that. Right. Which he's not to mess it up. So if you say something and the person doesn't hear it in the way, and you can also use this as a way of learning about each other too, but that might be a signal the compatibility isn't there. Right. So that's what I tell the kids. I'm like, there's almost nothing you can say in the subject. That's going to screw this up for you. Now, in the body of the email, you can absolutely insult people. Yeah, but you know, I think a lot of the kids 
always want to start with the subject. Yes. This is like the thesis statement. The thesis. You knew where I was going. They want to start with the subject. You're totally right. And that's their thesis. And so a lot of times I'm telling them to go back to it. The other thing that I do is give them five or six words. And it doesn't have to be multiple words in the title of an email, you guys, right? Right, right. It's not a sentence. I can give them five or six words and say, what feels like it resonates with you. And, you know, I try to get them to go back and do the subject. But when it's the body, the same thing. Well, what do I ask? How do I ask? And us working on, if you were talking to me, what would you ask me for? Yes. How did you hear the conversation that we just had? If I wasn't a part of it, how would you describe it to me? Perfect. That's what you write. Exactly. And giving context And understanding what's important and what isn't Mm -hmm. is a life skill, right? And so teaching them how to say what they want to say and get the help that they may or may not realize that they need, but they will get there. And keep it simple. Exactly. Is going to help them really be savvy. And let's be honest here. Being a savvy student, you can get through a lot more and go further in education if you're savvy. It's same for being likable. And this brings us sort of to our next subject, which is people skills matter. A lot of the clients that I work with, because we mainly work with kids who have ADHD and executive functioning issues, they're really interesting people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that if it is true for that particular client is I make a point of saying to the parents, I'm like, look, your kid's really likable. That's how they get hired for jobs. That's how they get letters of recommendation and references is if they're likable and if they're personable. Mm -hmm. So this is why building those skills is so critical and why it's not intuitive for so many kids and why it feels scary for so many kids and why it takes time. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the parents who call my practice are like, you know, I'm tired of advocating. I want them to do it for themselves. They don't even know. What that means. Yeah. They don't know what to ask for. They don't know what they need. They don't know what they should be asking for. Yeah. And so allowing us to kind of come in and do that thing where we let them step forward, but we back them up until they're like, Mm -hmm. you know, the student I just described. Right? We scaffold it. Like, I don't mind giving them five or six words that could be the subject if we're having a bigger conversation. And that's not the most important part. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about emailing teachers, and it's especially a lot right now since they're not seeing the teachers in person. But, mm-hmm. you know, having a proper greeting and signing their name. and Thank you so much. Exactly. And not writing an email like they're talking. Or texting. Yeah. Or uh, doing any of the other things that they do. But mm-hmm. I've been working a lot with one of my clients about formal versus informal. Yeah. A lot. We work on this a lot because he is particularly good at writing informally. Mm. He's got comedy in there. He's personable. Like if he were to write speeches, he'd be great. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to writing something that needs to be formal, literally like we have to work on, is that really that formal? So helping them understand what they need to be saying to their teacher And they can practice with us. If a kid emails me and asks for something or saying, why are we doing this? That is a huge win. 
Well, I just had that happen to me before we hit record, right? Yep, you did. I had a client questioning something that I was like, no, 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 we're doing this. We can discuss it, but it's happening. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I knew the reason he was questioning it was because he's like second semester senior. Yeah. I'm like, dude. (laughs) But at the end of the day, he did it. Oh, well, yeah, because I said it was going to happen. He didn't get his way. And that can happen sometimes. Right. The answer sometimes can be no, and it doesn't mean you don't advocate for yourself again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Steph, what do you think our key takeaways are from this episode? I think it's sort of like our mantras, right? Uh Process, not product. Don't expect your child to know how to do everything all at once, right? Right. It's important to self-advocate. But even more important is knowing the what, the why, and the how. And all of those things, we're really saying savvy studenting, but like savvy adulting. Savvy peopling. Yeah, savvy peopling. Exactly. So helping every student learn what it is and how to do it best for themselves is sort of the basis of what we stand for as ed therapists. I agree. This was an episode that... I've wanted to do for a long time because I felt it was important to highlight this is an important component. It's a huge component. Of the work that we do. It's the underlying everything. Everything of educational therapy. I totally agree. If you're interested in working with one of our practices and having your child build up their self-advocacy skill, you can absolutely connect with us at either Steph's practice, which is myedtherapist.com or my practice, which is capedtherapy.com. We're both virtual and we will likely stay virtual or always have a virtual component moving forward. Steph, wouldn't you say that's safe to say? A hundred percent. And so we are honored when we get to work with you, Smarties. And don't forget, if you are interested in Learn Smarter Pro, don't hesitate. Join us. You're probably ready. And if you're not the right fit for the group, we're going to tell you. Yeah. But we're excited for that program to start next month. We have a really good time with everybody. And it'll probably be the one time in the week that I put on a professional shirt. Amazing. Maybe I'll put on makeup for you guys too. That's asking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to see me in makeup, go ahead and apply to Learn Smarter Pro. But really, if you want to learn how to be more efficient, increase your profit, and really get a business going, join us at Learn Smarter Pro. For sure. All right, Smarties. Have a fabulous week and year. Have a great week.